0: Welcome to the Amore Podcast, here on AmorePodcast.com. On this episode, I chat with singer-songwriter Roses, whose current single with the Chainsmokers, titled Roses, is currently number three on the American Top 40 chart. She recently released her debut EP, titled Burn Wild, and will be performing this month at South by Southwest. Here's my conversation with Roses. So I I looked at the charts today, and on February 27th, the last Top 40 chart, Roses was number four. It was ahead of songs by Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift. So obviously it's a, it's a huge song with the Chainsmokers, and it's dominating the charts right now. So how did, you, how did it come about collaborating with them on this song? Uh, did you think it would be as big as it, as it was?
1: Um, they had found me through a song I wrote that went number one over in Australia for an Australian DJ named Justice Gent. I had written a track called Limelight for him, and they, I guess they heard it in the EDM blog sphere. So they um they found my socials and kind of followed me on twitter and then like direct messaged me from there and it was kind of like oh my god the chain slippers are like hitting me up right now i really thought they were like hitting on me or something yeah so yeah. Um, so that's like how that happened and um they sent me like a bunch of tracks and stuff that i didn't really like so i was like hey i'd love to get into the studio i knew they were from the east coast as well as took a train up to new york and we kind of just vibed in the studio and wrote roses together i don't think any of us like expected it to be as big as it is because i mean when we had written it we're like oh yeah this is a really awesome jam but none of us thought it was going to be on the radio or
0: anything yeah yeah and i mean and they had a hit with selfie and you know a lot of people know that song but obviously it didn't do as well as um this one has so This thing just blew up. Yeah,
1: I think it was the combination of our two worlds. Like I come, I have like a very, um, like jazzy ish vibe, and then they have a very dance party vibe. So it kind of just seemed to make the perfect storm.
0: Yeah. How long did it take you to write the song, record it, and all of that? The whole process in full,
1: it was about like six to eight hours.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, really short time. Yeah. Uh, also, you recently released an EP, Burn Wild, uh, on your own. So, talk about that, recording it. And did you collaborate with anyone else on that?
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a, a journey through relationships. And so, like, um, I, most of those tracks I wrote on, like, the piano and just, like, whether whatever mood I was in. And then I'd take it to my brother, Pat Mental. And then, um, and then we, you know, go through it, see see what we could change or whatever. And then there, um, then my producer Ian Walsh, like, would kind of get what I was going for and just like built the whole, you know, dramatics and behind it.
0: Next week you'll be playing South by Southwest. So are you excited for that? Is that your first time playing there?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. It's my first time, so I'm interested to see what it's going to be like. I've heard it's so much
0: fun. Yeah, and then you'll also be doing some other tour dates around the country. So is there a city you're excited to play um, that either you haven't yet or one that you have been to that, that you're excited to get back to?
1: Um, I have a show in Portland, Maine, which I'm actually really excited about. I, I think I'm just excited to be able to play live because I've been so in the studio. And, like, I have a show coming up this Friday at um, Brooklyn's Knitting Factory and I just I'm like I'm just so excited
0: to be able to perform like all my new stuff live that I haven't released yet and uh, do you live in Philadelphia now or uh, you just mentioned Brooklyn and yeah. New York so
1: um I'm still in Philly I still like the low-keyness of this you know I'm, I'm in like the suburbs of Philly so it's nice to be in a place where no one really actually knows who I am
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like it's really nice to be able to just do
0: normal person things (laughs) yeah is it weird though to like hear yourself on the radio or anything like that i mean i'm sure a lot of your friends know who you are it is weird it is
1: it's it is weird i don't really know how to describe it i mean it like it obviously puts me in a good mood and i'm always like so happy when it comes on and it just makes me think like oh i wonder who else is listening to this on this road right now (laughs) do they know that i'm driving next to them or like stuff like that
0: yeah I mean just as someone who's interviewed people there's several artists that I've interviewed whose songs have been on the radio and I'll be like in the grocery store or something and hear that song come on and if I'm with a friend I'll be like hey I've interviewed that person before Um, and it's just kind of strange Um, yeah yeah. it's funny so now when I hear your song on the radio I'll think of you every time I'll be like hey I interviewed her Um, yeah
1: exactly
0: going back to touring if you could uh, a dream co-headline with anyone on tour who would it be and why oh
1: gosh um Maybe, like, Kings of Leon or something. Okay. Um, I know that's, like, the craziest thing to say, but, like, I just feel like... I don't—I honestly don't know if I could like, co-headline with somebody. I wouldn't know who to pick. Like, if I would pick somebody that's like me or someone that's not like me. Yeah. Like, I'd say Sia because she's so unbelievably talented, and I think that her fans would most connect to me. But then I'd say someone like Kings of Leon because I'm so opposite them that... It wouldn't be like taking away from the show,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And as you mentioned, you grew up in Philadelphia. It's a great music city. I believe you were age six when you learned the piano, the clarinet, the sax, the violin, flute, <laughs> yeah. all these instruments. Um, so, who were some of your musical inspirations growing up? Like, who did you kind of um, look up to? And were some of them Philadelphia based? Like, just because of that's where you grew up?
1: Um, I have like a really big jazz background, so I still I I used to look up to like Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. Um, more so for, like, Aretha Franklin, you know, people like that. But then I also have, like, my family's big into music and, like, Fleetwood Mac, like, The Beatles, U2, The Police. So I'm kind of, like, all over each genre. But um, my brothers are in a band, Bel-Air, and so that's what really got me into, like, being a huge music lover and, like, wanting to create my own stuff.
0: And who are you listening to right now for music, songs? Like, who interests you? Um,
1: um, I've been listening to a lot of Tove Lo, Sia, um, BB Rexha, and, like, Mike Posner. Um, I really like people, like, writers. So that's, you know, like, Sia and BB. they're, like, huge writers within the industry right now. So I just, like, really
0: look up to them. And along with the Chainsmokers, you performed on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and The Late Late Show with James Corden. So... Is preparing for a sh- uh, something like that, an act like that on TV, different from a regular show at a club or uh, or a venue like that?
1: Um, not really. It, it's all the same because we do perform it like the same way we do live than on TV. Maybe like, they're I mean, you know, both are live, but it's like I think the only thing that's different are the nerves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because
1: it's like you're more anxious because you're playing for like Jimmy Fallon than you are playing for like just an audience that loves you, no matter how badly you mess up kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I could see that. And I've noticed that you're on Snapchat. How is it to have that kind of instant feedback from fans and interact with them? And is there a social app that's your favorite?
1: Um, I do love opening up my Snapchat and like being able to have my fans contact, like send me pictures. I obviously don't keep it open forever,
0: but,
1: um, I think my favorite social platform is probably Twitter. I mean, I love I love Instagram, but like I can't. It's not like I can respond, like conversationally. But like whereas Twitter, I can ask a question, people can respond back, you know, and I can get like multiple answers, and I can like favorite
0: and say like show them that I saw it kind of thing. In the song Roses, there's a line, wait the night out uh, with an old film. So what film would you choose if you could choose any like old film? Probably The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay so that'll be so weird a, but i'm such film. a judy garland fan <laughs> that i'd always pick <laughs> uh, okay uh and you mentioned your your family but your family and friends have they been supportive of your career uh when i was reading uh, your totally. bio i had noticed that um you dropped out at temple after your first year so was that kind of a, a big deal for them do they want you to go to college and and how did that impact have on on your life um
1: it was a big decision i think I think by the time I made my decision not to go back to school, everybody kind of knew that that was the right decision for me. So it was kind of like they were waiting for me to feel what was right for me. And my family has always been supportive. I mean, obviously, my dad always says, one day you're going to go back and get your bachelor's degree. And I'm like, OK, dad, when I'm 98. But it's like, um, it's I mean, they've always been supportive of me. My my parents, they're huge music lovers like my mom's grandparents were big jazz musicians and stuff so it's like kind of just something that my family's always understood we've always been like an against the grain kind of family but it never meant that we were off track
0: and what's one piece of advice that you would give to an aspiring singer um that would want to follow in your footsteps if you could give them any
1: patience is key (laughs) okay patience is literally everything if i were to tell any musician. I would say don't do it unless you have thick skin and patience.
0: And in uh, 10 years from now, say we're doing an interview, where do you want to be in life? What will we be talking about promoting, that kind of thing? Like what would what would be your dream 10 years from now where you would want to be? 10
1: years, I'd want a Grammy. Um, like, I mean, fan base the size of Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you already have, have a song a big, that's ahead I of her, her in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> Huge
1: goals <of> <laughs> here. Okay. Um, And, yeah, I mean, that's really it. I'd love at least one Grammy within the next
0: 10 years. All right. I think you can do it. I think you're well on your way.
1: I hope so.
0: All right. Well, cool. Thanks so much for taking some time to do this. I appreciate it, and best of luck to you and your whole career.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That was singer-songwriter Roses. To check out more on Roses, you can visit her website at rosesounds.com. And that's Roses with a Z. You can like her on Facebook, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, at Rosas Sounds. You can find Amore Podcast on amorepodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on YouTube. Until next time, this is the Amore Podcast, here on amorepodcast.com.